Welcome back. 12 rows back, returning for another week. This is 12 rows back, two witty and insightful fans with a knowledgeable and insightful take on our great game. What a weekend it was. Plenty of action to get through. We've got a packed agenda. Uh, we saw Richmond fire a shot. We saw Port not. And dare I say, Seb, our two teams probably played the best footy we've seen out of either of them over the weekend. Yeah, we're, that's right, Tom. I reckon uh, both of our teams will be... Well, your team would be ecstatic with that result. Big, big win at home under the uh, the Marvel roof, and obviously we were only kicking it midway in that last quarter, only to be overrun by what is currently the most informed team of the comp. So, uh, we if you said to me at the start of the week that's how it'll go, I'd take it. Uh, but still not happy with the loss. Uh, we're a third of the way through the year. Starting yeah. to separate the contenders from the pretenders. Absolutely. So I think we set it off the top or towards the back of last week. The, there's not a, a massive amount of change in the ladder from this point of the year till the finals, and that's statistically. So maybe one or two, three might be a stretch. So dare I say we might already have our eight and uh, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, what, who comes in, who goes. I mean, I'm hoping my boys can get up there, but there's a lot of teams in there and a lot of teams outside with questionable c- credentials. So, look, that that's what we're waiting to see. The final eight, that's what it's all about, finals footy. Plenty to get through. What do you want to go into first this week, Seb? Uh, well, off the top, there's some big news today. Uh, young... Well, he's still, I guess he's still young. Uh, Christian Petrarca, a nice seven-year deal worth north of a million dollars a year. Yeah, massive news, that one. And I think, I mean, Petrarca signing shouldn't surprise uh, anyone given his form and given what he means to the Ds. But uh, the seven-year length, we are seeing some long con- longer contracts these days. And that, that, that just adds to the list. That's a fair uh, investment in the young fella. He's worth every cent, though, isn't he? Yeah, look, I, I'd be happy. I'd be happy maybe with five. I mean, you just you just don't know in this comp. I mean, yeah, seven is getting into the realms of. I mean, he's going to be a D for life now, and maybe that's what they wanted to do. But is it is it safe for the club if he you know pulls a, a knee injury halfway through? That that's the argument, I guess, when you're talking seven. I mean, four was sort of your max, maybe even as recent as a couple of years ago. But we've sort of seen a few more of these large ones creep in. I'm thinking Grundy as well. Just, just basically locking them away, keeping that uh, contract pressure off. I'd be interested to get a player agent on and just sort of work through what what the benefits of that are. I mean, I guess it's just the job security for Petrak, and that that's the little character dangle. But it's a new new one from the clubs. I reckon the the extended extended contract is a bit of a negotiating tool. Yeah, well, it's look, it's. It, I find it interesting when players are staying at the same club with such a long deal. Surely Melbourne could have given him four or five years and he would have been happy, and then three years into that you extend for another couple, that sort of thing. Um, But, I mean, look, his second favourite for the Brownlow, he's having a super year. This saying only really goes around during trade week, but I'd say it's good business for Melbourne. You get like yeah, there's our first good business for the. For the here's year. so here's what teams have done in the past, and Melbourne was one of them. But you tank for draft picks, or you want to get draft picks to get kids in and bring them in. Do you know like what the draft picks are supposed to get you? Like a player like Christian Petrarca. That's the aim. 
if you can get someone that good, you hang on to them. You don't worry about getting return on investment. About he's the best player in the comp right now, hands down. So he's worth every cent. Where it might get a bit murky, and I'm going to touch on this later, but uh, they're giving out probably other big deals to blokes like Ben Brown, who, if you saw his game on the weekend, wasn't really earning his crust. Yeah, no, that, look, that's fair, and that that's the question mark you get with these really long deals. I mean, yeah, you get Petrack for seven years, which is fantastic, but we've seen with other teams, particularly Sydney, I think, with a few of their bigger deals, Buddy and Tippett, those fringe players or those sort of players in your bottom six that, you know, they're not going to turn a game, but they really give you that depth, I think, that really makes you a, a top side. Those kind of blokes get squeezed out, so... Uh, and yeah, and if you're talking a Benny Brown deal on the top of that kind of thing, uh, and maybe even young Sam Wiedemann wanting more dollars, you want to keep him, where does it leave them? So that that that's the question mark for me. Yeah, look, there aren't that many players I would consider giving a deal like this to, um, but I'm just scanning down the list of Brownlow medal favourites, and obviously Dustin Martin did end up signing something like that with Richmond, uh, who is favourite. Uh, Bontempelli. I'd give a seven-year deal to Bond and Pelly. Travis Boak wouldn't give him a seven-year deal now, even though he's declared he wants to be like Tom Brady. I don't. Oh. Yeah, no, you, once they tick over uh, three zero, I think the the seven-year might be a bit of a. Switch. Yeah, if you get a three-year over thirty, if you're over thirty, you get a three-year deal. You're doing well. Um, Jackson McRae, don't know if I would for him. Jack Steele, he's twenty-five, same age as Petrarca. What would you do, Tom? You've got to keep some money because you think Ben King might come down. Well, that's right. Well, who knows what we're going to do, given that we've got a lot of money invested in Hanabry and Hill, whether that gives us more flexibility to put out that kind of deal. I mean, if it, it yeah, we've sort of seen a couple now. Grundy, as I mentioned before, Batraka, maybe it becomes a new, you know, industry trend. It's sort of your marquee signing. Just lock them away and just uh, deal with it. I think... Um, just to go back into the history books, one of the first ones of this nature was sort of that Alistair Lynch 10-year deal, and it paid off. So, um, he slept for half look, of it. Well, he did, yeah, but he, he got the flags in the end. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm comfortable with it if I'm a Dees fan because, yeah, like you say, we've got they've got the track locked up for seven years. But, yeah, just you don't want it to become a, a – yeah, I guess we – we don't want it to become too common for clubs because you're going to get locked down. I mean, I know your ruse have sort of thrown a few of those deals out themselves. Have they? So, uh, Josh Kelly and Dusty, didn't weren't they five, six-year-plus deals? Those According ones? to who? Just the football industry grapevine, uh, I guess. Yeah, if you, like that's what's been said. Not, not, a cred- not as credible as other sources, that one, but you, you know what I, I mean. I do. I'm just, just winding up a bit, Tom, but... We've been we've been linked to long term deals to just about every of these. Like Dugowie was one, he turned it down, and that's not looking like a smart decision from young Jordan now, is it? Uh, <laughs> there is. I should mention. That, look, there are players who are right in that twenty three to twenty five bracket who have shown they are absolute stars, and you would give this sort of deal to. There's one player I give a ten year deal right now. Like I give a ten year. 13, 15 million dollar deal right now I would sign him Shit, this is monster money That's... Sam Walsh yeah no that, that well if you if you're going to throw up a figure yeah if you're cut well I mean it, it would be actually it would be very Carlton for them to throw up that kind of deal well, they do 10 years 10 million and he's 5 million in a sponsorship or a brown paper bag or something like that but yeah, classic um, blues, yeah. look he he is that good he's t- is he 21 now 
Oh, geez, if if that, yeah, I think it's he, his he, he third was third or fourth. Like he's look. Well, he's out of the 2018 Super Draft, so yeah, that'd be 20. Yeah, it'd be 21 yeah, this year. So 10 years will take him to 31. The cap will start trending upwards, so at the back end of that deal, it shouldn't be as much money. Not that I'm a cap expert or a capologist, as as they're known, but like he's a star. I watched him. I watched him closely on the weekend. In between the, uh, well, for a quarter, I'll admit, I watched a great game in Tassie and then a derby, or is it derby? We don't know. Uh, Just whatever you feel on the day, I reckon <laughs> we need to call it out. Uh, but Sam Walsh was phenomenal again, and he's averaging north of thirty touches. In his like, it's just it's unheard of, and he's like he's gone past Crips. Like that, that in itself is just amazing. Absolutely, and and one, and back on the uh, the signing though, I guess another one to add was Toby Green got an extension as well. So was it? I guess like, walk me through this. He was contracted until when twenty twenty six. Yeah, so he, he was on another long one. I, I don't have the exact year in front of me, and they've given another two years on the top I'll look it up, because obviously we don't know, and until they start releasing the actual figures of the deal, so like we all we know is how the length of it. We don't know the figure. Um, he was contracted to 2024, and the extra two seasons take him to 2026. There was absolutely no need to do this, except for the fact they need a little bit of wriggle room in the cap. And this was how you, they moved some money from a certain year down to the back end of the contract. That's why that was done. Yeah, see, that that's a good take because I, I was looking at this one a bit naively in that it was a bit of a, a statement from the club that they were, I guess, you know, he, he is a foundation player. He's a bit of a heart and soul player. Lock him up and he's committed. Does it tell other youngsters I'm committed? But I think your take might be a little bit more accurate because we, we look, we know mo- most clubs are under some sort of squeeze. Have a look at Collingwood last year with that debacle. So for them to get on the front foot, rejig, maybe, yeah, give them a few at the back end. It's, it's yeah, another bit of good business, I reckon, to uh, steal that one. Yeah, well, given his form... Um... It absolutely is. Uh, Josh Kelly, while he's signed a monster deal, he actually has a get-out clause at the end of the year. So Jeez, watch this the, space time. Is that an exclusive? Is that an exclusive or is that, that widely known? Uh, I don't know if it's widely known, but it's been reported. Um, I think his, mani- his manager's Ralph Carr, I believe, and he sort of said uh, there's a 99.9% chance he will stay at the Giants, meaning... We're a chance, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's wiggle room. That's what we want to hear That's for uh, us Victorian That's it. clubs. Um, yeah, look, I find it interesting when clubs announce contract extensions at this this part of the year. Like, don't know what it achieves. What, like... Oh, it's, yeah, it's I, just I, putting I, out I'm good news, well. I guess, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look... Beyond news, beyond news, I'm with you. Oh, I think you know we're we're talking what midweek of round seven. It's hardly uh, a marquee slot. It's a sort of slow news week sort of story, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Petrarca's one big news for these fans, um, and like he sort of joins Oliver and and Gorn, who are signed up. There's just there's a few on big money, so they want to capitalise on this seven and zero start. Yeah, well, look, as we've, uh, if you go through the uh, the history books, I think it gets more and more likely that you're going to get deeper and deeper in, into September the more you win. So I, I, look, 
without getting the 100% ex- ex- uh, exact stats, I think uh, you'll find most teams have at least made a semi or plus with that kind of record, and, and you don't really fall away too badly from here. So, look, that when, when you say sort of, I guess, semi, I mean, yeah, you, you, you're making at least, yeah, top four or you're winning a final. So, yeah, does that save simple Simon? That's a question for another day. I want to ask you about the Flat Track Bully Club and West Coast, we know they're flat oh, yeah. track bullies. They they did it this weekend, but have Port Adelaide joined them on that wagon? Are they flat track bullies, the power? It looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah, so we saw them go up to the Gabba and, and they really didn't look Port Adelaide, to be honest. And they, they came away with a little bit of a hiding. Brisbane, obviously, back in good form and back on their home deck, but the power just never in that game at any stage. No, they were, they were dismantled by Brisbane. Uh, and and I, I was I was looking forward to it. Uh, thought it was going to be a ripper, and just no fight, no nothing. Um, Brisbane did what they wanted. It was good to see Brisbane back in some form. Um, it was a real fifty fifty contest. But uh, you have to say you have to say based on form, they're flat track bullies until they prove otherwise. And that's always been the question mark on the Eagles. And they had that period where they did win the flag, where they were winning games in Melbourne and winning games outside Perth. And they've sort of regressed back. Like, I know the Eagles have got a lot of outs, but you can't. It's a hundred and sixty point turnaround from one week to the next. Yeah, it's unheard of stuff. I mean, and yeah, I throw the power in there because I guess you know they they come off. This is the second time we've sort of seen them go interstate. We've all rated it as a fifty fifty slot. You know, the power are a good side. They're going to go up against a good team on their home deck. We give them more than enough chances, and this is the second time. Uh, following the uh, West Coast drubbing, they copped that they've been non-competitive away. So, uh, look, I think they've they've joined them. So we've got two. Yeah, look, were they a little bit worried about At the uh, the prison bars? <laughs> look, all the talk I, last week. I really, there's, I, I just want to see, we don't have to go into the prison bar thing, but I would like to see a power player come out and talk about it because none of them are, and maybe it's just an unwanted distraction from what they're doing or... Look, maybe it's a helpful distraction. Didn't look that way on the weekend, but yeah, it, it's it's eye off the prize, I guess. So, look, the showdown showdown this week, isn't it? So, look, we'll see. I know they were desperate to wear it in this game, but uh, yeah, probably it should have come up in this week when it was a chance they could have worn it, not last week when it didn't really matter playing the Lions. But that's just the way the uh, the, the media goes. Yeah, yeah. Look, I guess they were getting trying to get ready for this week by. Uh, getting the the deal through last week, and obviously that's got re- widely reported. Um, I've seen the clubs come out and encouraged all the fans to wear the prison bar jumper. There's nothing stopping them from wearing it. So I would really love to see. Look, it'd be mad for Port, and and people said this for them to wear the jumper anyway and, and cop the four yeah, point no, loss. I heard that one as Even well. though if you look through the rule book, um, the AFL can't penalise a team four points. They can find them, I think, ten or twenty grand for per item of clothing. So you could cop a pretty hefty, uh, you know, yeah, few hundred thousand fine. But um, I, I don't think they'll do that. I'd love to see them warm up in it, and then if they win, switch their jumpers and do like some sort of presentation <laughs> with it on. Because there's nothing that says they can't do that. They just can't play in it. Uh, but. Jeez, that's getting into the, the petty realms, but I wouldn't put it past Koshy. So, oh, look, Koshy. Port Adelaide, if you're listening out there, 
go ahead. Give us give us your best. Nothing wrong with being a bit petty in life. Uh, that'd be a good one. The showdown Saturday night, Adelaide Oval, Fox. Yeah, it, is it a confirmed Fox uh, coverage for this? Yeah, that's. Uh, you you can't see us, listeners, but uh, shaking our heads yet again, given that yeah, as we spoke about last week, this one should be on on a Friday night, just like the game over at WA. Uh, speaking of, I guess the build towards the weekend, I saw uh, a classic bit of AFL uh, marketing here. So they put out a survey asking fans when they want the teams released. This was so dumb. Uh, do we like them, you know, the day before, or do we want to go back to Thursday night? And it was a 95% teams on a Thursday night. So the fans have clearly spoken, and now the AFL's listening, but it seems just a bizarre way to go about it in that it kind of looked like, oh, you wanted it back, we'll give it back to you, rather than them admitting a mistake in switching it. Yeah, so they'd already made up their mind they were going to change it. 100% they made up their mind. They just put this poll out to let people think, oh, yeah, no, I said that. I voted for that. They changed it because we said, um, oh, oh, there's a lot of hysteria around it. We're carrying on about nothing here, aren't we, Tom? Uh, Well, look, an old tradition. I guess as the season's gone on, I mean, I missed it in round one and I've adjusted now, uh, super coach and and tipping-wise, but... uh, I like that it's coming back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is a, a classic uh, AFL media play. I mean, we see it all the time when they sort of feel the waters for the, you know, what time should the granny be and make it look like the fans have had an input. I think that's a good good take on that. And, yeah, th- this is just another one. I mean, yeah, it, it is a small point and it doesn't affect the game on Saturday and it doesn't affect your ability to go to games or, or any of that. So, look, if they go back to it, I'll enjoy it. It's just been a bit of a, yeah, I guess it changed because of COVID and they just didn't change it back. But I guess some traditions you can't take away. Yeah, and so I think we've only had one late change thus far this year. Um, was it the Cats by any chance? Oh, odds no on. Dollar 10, but... that was the Cats. Uh, we're going to see a hell of a lot more now, aren't we? Like, teams are going to name their squads on the Thursday. Uh, we're like Sydney will name Buddy Franklin. They're not playing until Sunday. He won't get up, so he'll be laid out. Uh, there'll be all sorts of that stuff happening, and th- that's just the reality. People would rather the teams on the Thursday, so we'll do that. Um, I mean, yeah, it is a, a minor point, I guess, but should it be just squads all round, and then we avoid all this sort of, you know, last minute squads named on Thursday and the day before? Yeah, you whittle it down. Well. I guess you're halfway a year or... That's what, what we're doing, doing now. now. We, yeah. you, you've got a rough yeah. idea of what the squad is. Um, people don't like change. I think that's really what this is about. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. like change. Like We knew why it was, happened last year with games all through the week and, and at odd times. Uh, but when we didn't revert back, everyone started losing their minds and uh, now the AFL is just winning some PR points, a few brownie points, and really... It's just where the team's named. Like, the, the the thing is, in your local footy days, you train Tuesday, you train Thursday. After Thursday night, the teams are selected. So that's why the Thursday night's yeah. picked. Uh, now, you might play on Sunday and your main training will be on the, on the Wednesday or Thursday and you'll have another session on the Saturday before you play again on the following Sunday. Like, imagine if you were at local footy trying to name your team on the Tuesday. 
Yeah, look, that yeah, that that makes sense when you when it's down at the local level. I mean, but that that to me joined the local levels with the AFL because on that Thursday night, uh, you know, everyone comes together. There's AFL teams flying around. There's Supercoach talk. There's tipping, and then there's just get a game for your own local club. I I enjoyed that part of it back in my uh, Rovers days, to be honest. So maybe that's why I'm a bit more attached to yeah, it. Yeah, and do you enjoy Thursday night footy? Absolutely, I miss. I've been missing that. I'm mean, not just because we go live and we go live really nicely on a Thursday. That's one of our favourite slots. But it, oh, I just enjoy, I guess, the non-double up of games on the Saturday. And yeah, foot, it, it makes so sense. So what happens? On a so we're still going to have a team named on the Wednesday, and then the rest will come out on Thursday. While we're waiting for the Thursday night game, sounds like a good build-up to me. Yep, no, no, that's fine. I so mean, we're I still mean, if the... you've got these like one-off games, like you know, like an Easter Monday, and the teams come out on, you know, there, there's always those quirks. But if it's only one game around, I don't think it's hugely worrying. No, no, not worrying. Just won't be consistent, will it? It'll still be haphazard. Someone will still have a problem with it. Probably me. <laughs> Well, yeah. Look, one one of those ones, I guess, where yeah, it's the the old meets the new. So, yeah, I mean, there's a million traditions in our game. It's just yeah, they're the, dying off the slowly. Away. They are dying off slowly with good reason. <laughs> look, we could agree or disagree on this one. I, I think it's a wholesome tradition, and geez, it helps straighten up your super coach team. Uh, Not that you and me need help in that. Time. I just yeah. I think I play devil's advocate. I don't care when the teams are named personally. They get named Thursday. They get named Saturday. Whatever. Like, if if people prefer it, people prefer it. It's it became such a talking point when I personally rather talk about the footy, not when yeah. the teams are coming. No, out. I'm with so, you. The, the on-field stuff. Let's yeah. In light of that, let's, let's go back to Saturday yeah, night. Then. So I watched I watched these last few minutes because I. Wasn't watching the game. I just had an eye on the score, and I'm like, "Oh, gee, hey, this is close." Geelong, they might get rolled here. So I flicked it on, and lo and behold, uh, he's a match winner. That Papley, isn't he? Non-preferred, he, bang. I know. Just delivered when the moment called for it, which is a rare commodity in our game. And he 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 took the big moment on. He wanted that goal, and yeah, left right, he he can do it all. He would fit in in seventeen other teams in the comp. There's no He'd doubt about that. He looked great in the navy blue. Correct. I, I yeah, I caught the end of this too. Uh, heading back, I did uh, post the Saints game. Just duck in a platform twenty eight for a little celebratory drink down there. Made it home in time to catch the last ten minutes of this one, and it it was an absolute belter. It uh, it really was. It had that oh five semi feel about it. You know, the old Nick Davis game. It really had the uh, SCG. Everyone on their feet, making a hell of a lot of noise, and the, the Swans just getting it done late. It was. I mean, the, you know, Papley kicked it up the other end of the ground, but real, real shades of that game and, yeah, similarly close result. I want to ask you what you thought of basically the last minute. Last minute of that game, the controversial last minute. Uh, it was frantic. Uh, there were things happening everywhere, bodies flying everywhere. Uh, it was clearly more than 15 metres watching, watching live, that kick. Uh, it's... Bizarre that umpires, I sort of understand why they're calling play on not 15 straight away, but when the ball then ends up going 15 metres, should they eat their words? Probably. Um, but do they need to call it straight away so quickly? Players can't hear them. Well, 
Well, that, that's, yeah, that's probably the case. I mean, I, I don't know if I was hearing different things on the audio, but it sounded like he said touched and then he said not 15. So he's just yelled out a couple of I things I think it was a that player just... that yelled touched, not the umpire. Ah, okay. I was going to say, yeah. But it, look, either way, it, it was conjecture there. So I'm with you. I think that one went uh, 15.1. They at, measured at it least. out. It went 21 or 22. Oh, geez, there you go. Well, look, that that's a fair miss. And then I guess the other one was the holding the ball on uh, Rowbottom. Uh, I correct think decision. that one, correct decision. If the siren went two seconds later, though, it probably is ball. Yep. I, I think the siren helped that call because just the game ended at that point just before he had to prove that he was getting yep. rid of it. Yeah, so. he still had a couple of seconds left to try and get rid of it, which the siren went, cut that short. So that was correct. Uh, yeah, look. The mark should have been paid. So, it, but Jezza takes he's, that, and he's put on the tightest of tight angles for that shot. If I'm not mistaken, he's, he's not allowed to play on because the siren would have gone. We think. Sorry, yeah. Well, I think I mean when that was what six seconds. They might have been maybe five seconds where they were trying to work out what was going on. So we'll say ten seconds, which is basically his his run up or him trying to improve his angle. And you can't do the old Harry Mackay snap from there. So, look, we, we don't know. I mean, put this in the realm of similar. We don't know if Zach Bailey kicks that goal that they should have got uh, against the Lions. Um, the, I know there's no football gods because, you know, I was there in 09 and 010, so there are no football gods. But I can tell you that if there were, that uh, they might have just squared one up, I think, on the Cats just with that one. I know it's, you know, we got a Geelong fan base hurting, but... Um, that, that was probably a little square up. The Cats probably won one out of those two games. It's probably a fair result. Yeah, look, I think that's how everyone sees it. And they, I think people in the footy world like justice. And yeah, if you absolutely. if you scroll on Twitter during... And I could name some teams I think are repeat offenders, but actually any team's game. And you follow tweets from certain supporters. Like if you follow like one fan base, like... Follow all the North Melbourne Just, yeah. tweets. They'll believe the umpires are against them and the AFL's against them. I know Essendon fans, I've seen them on Twitter, they feel they have a very rough end of the stick up in Sydney to the point where I saw people tweeting about how, you know, how was that not paid a mark, this, that and the other, and Essendon fans are going, mate, it's up in Sydney, this always happens. Like, they've just got this belief. <laughs> so fans feel that way. And so a lot of fans felt Geelong get a great deal at home as well. So they've got the crowd behind them, you know, a bit of intimidation towards the umpires, all that sort of thing. And so people feel there was a bit of justice in that Geelong cop the raw end of the stick in terms of the umpires and, and the ending. The reality is if, if it's that close a game and you're worried about, you, you need the umpiring decision to go your way, even though you might say it just needed to be gotten right. There were many instances where that needed to be gotten right through the game. Um, it's just it's footy bounces your way sometimes it doesn't others um, people who dwell on the umpires and the decisions and get real caught up in that they end up looking away and the clubs don't you end up looking away from what really happened and what you know what the players should have done and what could have been done differently and um, who let Papley just run free in the forward like there's so many different instances where it could have changed and absolutely yeah we just get we get so caught up in it um and i get it it's an emotional game it's a bit easier to say this as well 
when it's not your team involved and throw what are we four days off you know right in the heat of the moment you just believe it and it's so unfair and everything's against you um but here's a here's a fact geelong should have beaten sydney and they were well up and they're a better side and they've got flag aspirations not the sydney don't but they've put that we've discussed it they put their chips in the middle of the table and yeah, at in. the moment they're they need to start winning a few big hands to sort of creep up into that top upper echelon of teams yeah absolutely i, I agree with you there i mean what did they have what 28 shots and it lived inside their forward 50 and i don't I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure they won their contested possessions as well. So, so basically, it was one of those they did everything right except on the scoreboard. So, yeah, I'm with you as well. I mean, we as the game goes on and those close ones especially, the results at the end get magnified out of belief. Like, I mean, there's lazy shots at goal that you see late in the second quarter where a bloke's half-hearted having a ping from wherever and, and, and shanks it, it goes out on the full. You're like, oh, I missed a point. But then that happens with, a, you know, 30 seconds to go and that bloke gets ripped for the next week. So it, that that's just how it works. Geelong victims of that. I mean, yeah, we, we've seen plenty of those not 15 or, you know, those kicks paid, not paid. I mean, yeah, I'm with you, Seb. I think that was a good And see, take. my problem with the the paid and not paid with the 15 metres, they so often judge 10, 12, 13 metre kicks as marks, like so often. And then it was really evident on the weekend, especially on the Sunday's games, if it was close to 15 and if it was 17 or 18, they were not paying it. They were calling play on not 15 straight away. And... Yeah, so that's what we don't like is the the hot rule. Like, I guess we're lucky as a comp that that happened on Saturday night, not Friday night, because then it affects the entire Yeah, round. and so it was like they changed their focus this week and we're going to make sure they keep... It, it just... that That's where people get much more frustrated as well because you watch one thing one week and then you watch the same thing the next week and it's a completely different decision. And then we didn't even touch on this yet. The the AFL, just, just so you know, they came out and said, oh, it should have been paid a mark. That helps no one. We all know it should have been paid a mark because we're not idiots. <laughs> the rule is yeah. if it goes 15, <laughs> it's a mark, and that went more. So we all knew it was a free. It was, should have been a mark, and it wasn't paid. So move on. Like, Don't go back and tell us. Because if you had enough time, you could review the game over and find another 80 free kicks to the letter of the law, depending on what who was looking who who was making the call? So if you had a sensitive Sydney supporter, they could have easily picked out thirty for Sydney. Same for Geelong. Uh, if you're looking at through the lens of oh, it's the first quarter of round one, we need to set the tone. We're going to be pinging people for these free kicks versus oh, it's the third quarter of the grand final. We're going to let them play unless there's something really egregious. Like that's the problem with the way it's umpired. So to come out and say we got this one wrong, you know, we're going to do better. It doesn't doesn't help anyone because they're not going to change the result they're not going to do anything um i heard apparently timmy wispy watson is talking about having a captain's review have you heard any of uh, this i haven't heard it but i i, I, I heard I a rumor I... joel selwood is on board don't know if our informant down just, just yeah to see down there can uh, confirm no 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 it doesn't how, how much pull does uh joel have i guess in, in terms well he's of, got a lot down at the know, cats um no one can be paid more than him uh i guess that's <laughs> only geelong in geelong um no I, I heard that on sen driving home today and uh 
it just the score I've already given you my thoughts on the score review it doesn't help it just slows the game yeah. down having a captain's decision no no nah, nah, it um it it would be a silly thing to bring in uh can you imagine a captain just you know cramping up in the you know back pocket the ball's flying down the other end he's nowhere near it there's a questionable decision he's 50 meters away and we've got to wait till he catches up with the ump and says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I want to, you know, do a, re- oh, do a review. <laughs> or if he's on the bench, you know, having having a, a rub down or something and he's got to get up and make sure the ump sees him, it, it's going to be farcical. I hope that isn't brought into it. Yeah, so do I. Um, it may have fixed this one, but who's to say they wouldn't have used it earlier in the game? Like, it just... I think people just need... Just let the umpires do their job and let the goal umpires do their job and just move on. If you want to take aim at someone, the rule makers who are making it that much more complicated with introducing this rule and that rule and we change this rule, um, that's that's where the issue lies, the inconsistency. The umpires do their best every week. There's certainly no intentional bias against anyone. Nah, that well said. And good one there for a few of our listeners I know that have... Uh, brought up the umpires on occasion i want your your thoughts this is a man who's in the hottest of hot seats at the moment now we don't need to go into the struggles of the collingwood football club in too much depth, oh, but we could but, uh, it's I, always fun we could well i did see an interesting stat that this time last year i think around seven they just beaten the cats and they were actually premiership favorites this time last year the pies no so were they, they? End of round seven in in the live premiership betting, they were the shortest of short in the comp. They might have been equal with That's Richmond, bizarre. but they were definitely correct. So and now they you they're what probably just above uh, your boys in terms of the the betting now. So that is a unbelievable drop off. Um, it's a nosedive, in fact. So that's that's just got bucks in this hot seat. Yeah, it hasn't been great for him, has it? Like no, like. Look, whether I, I don't look, we we spoke about it at length. His involvement, I guess, in the end of season debacle. I mean, obviously Eddie's been chopped too, but it, it's just a turnover of the list. They they have got that many young kids running around that it is actually a rebuild that hasn't been announced, but it is happening in front of our eyes. So, yeah. But how do you mash that up with the team that really has some of the names that they've got and and they're you know what are they one and six? That's just it doesn't make sense and we're here and look, the coach rightly or wrongly cops that heat. So look, I, I think it's fair on Bucks. Has he lost the players? No, but are there a few moves or a few players he'd like to have out there? A- absolutely. I know the Darcy Moore up forward uh, is, is one of the ones in question because that, that's purely a Bucks decision or well, it's his match committee, and, and, but Bucks leading the charge. I mean, if he doesn't want to do it, he's the head coach. So, I know Moore came out and kicked goals as a junior and, and in his first year, I think he kicked 25 off the, off the top there. But look, it, it, there comes a point where I guess, look, I'm trying to look at it from Collingwood's point of view. Are they trying to find their next key defender down back? Probably. Are some of the names down there going to make it? We don't know yet. But Moore, for me, was an all-Australian backman. He is their best intercept player. You've got Jeremy Howe, who's really not out there. You need your guns playing in their best positions, and I don't think he's playing in their best position in his best position. So that that's just one of the calls. Um, 
I mean, yeah, when, when you're playing this many kids and they're new to the AFL, let alone let alone to the AFL sort of game plans and structures, you're going to really just go out there and I, I, I look at them and I don't see a game plan. I know there's reasons behind that, but I don't see one. So that lies with the coach. Yeah, yeah, look, it, it certainly lies with the coach and a coach that's in his 10th year, uh, he, he certainly, you can't say he had no input in the list management decisions. I think he had a fair bit of input. If you look at well, that, that doesn't help. His no, case, if you look at the way he moulded the team from trying to usher out Malthouse and and some of those players like your your Didax, your Heath Shaws, you know, he, he moved them on and brought in his own, and it like they almost won a premiership. They got pretty darn close. They were in front up until the two minutes to go. Uh, yeah, but they didn't get there, and and look. It could be the best thing for them if you look back on what happened in the off season, because I think even if they had Trelaw and Stevenson and was it Phillips who went to Hawthorne? Yeah, Phillips. Over if you had Hawthorne. those players, they're not suddenly. I don't have them in the premiership contention anyway. So it, just moving them on might just speed it up a little bit for them, which ultimately is what you want. Uh, he, I don't think he'd be coached next year. It's just a question of when, and. How well, do you do that, it? That is the question because, yeah, they know what he can do. It, that, it, that's a fair statement. They're not going to learn anything if they wait for 10 weeks and sign him late in the year, are they? Are they going to learn anything they new? They won't learn anything new, but I would, I'd be doubtful there's a person out there who'd be a better coach than him for the club next year or the year after. You reckon it's slim pickings on, well, f- to coach Collingwood or just to coach any no, team? No, to coach Collingwood. You can't put anyone yeah. into that job. No, that, that that's a smart call. I guess yeah, it's one of the, well we we spoke about them. They're in our big three, so they just it's your normal coaching job. Yeah, just they're hanging by a thread. Uh, it's your normal coaching job plus media commitments that we can't even imagine. So and, yeah, and he's it, amazing in the media, Buckley. Like he knows how to handle it and handle himself, and he's he's really good. Um, I I just think it's time and. If they do actually have a president come up and put his hand up to try and run the club, rather than uh, I forget his name, who's in there now, but he's just yeah, Peter Corder. He's just it's like Eddie Maguire's got a puppet. He's just he's just yeah, pulling the Eddie right. strings. So if they actually get someone who comes in who's serious about it, he's going to want to put his own stamp on it, which is a new coach. Uh, look, he's at, look. The reality is, he's had a good run. He's coached ten years. Um, he came around right right around the same time as, ironically, um, Voss and Hurd came in, who coached their clubs they were legends for, and they didn't yeah. last anywhere near as long. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd call it successful, despite the fact he didn't win a flag, given he got to a grand final. He, I, I'm with you. Prelims. I mean, they, yeah, kick away from a, from a premiership, kick away from the granny and that Giants one. Um, yeah, I mean, he had an awesome list when he started, but rebuilt it from scratch, got it to that, you know, those, those positions. So, yeah, uh, it, it is tricky. You don't you don't often see a coach get the chance at two rebuilds. So if they went with him here, they're looking at another rebuild. So, yeah, jury's out on whether it can be a Sydney, Port Adelaide, shoot back up the ladder sort of style, but 
Um, yeah, look, we, we, maybe we have a, a weekly Buckley tracker because uh, this weekend's game, it, it could be a potential coach killer. If, if they get spanked by your ruse, then it could be all over. Yeah, we can certainly do it weekly because I had a lot of uh, Simple Simon material that might sort of go by the wayside. <laughs> I'll just have to work out to yeah, don't, don't waste whack Nathan's stuff. name in there. Uh, now, I wanted to ask you, because um, you keep pointing out uh, the ladder, the eight doesn't change too much from this point through the year, traditionally. How many teams can win the, win the flag? In the eight or out of the eight, if, if you so choose? Uh, yeah. Like, I'm just going to run down the list, top to bottom. Can Melbourne win yep. the flag? Yes. Yeah, all right. Can the Dogs win the flag? They can win it, but there's some improvement to be made, especially after what we saw on the weekend, which we'll so get to. So they've gone six and one and you're not... Not totally sold. No, no, look, they've, they've right. got credentials, but uh, sort up that uh, Can defense. Port Adelaide win the flag? They Flat can. track bullies, not at home? Well, look, I'm, I mean... They're not going We're talking about it as we see now. I still think they can win it. If, if they can push top two, get a home final, they'll be on the right road. So I, I, I've got them Can up Sydney there. win the flag? Not this year. Can Geelong win the flag? They still can. Ooh, you've come around. Can Richmond win the flag? <laughs> no, they're great, Geelong. Yep, uh, Richmond definitely can. Can Brisbane? Brisbane can. Can West Coast? There, I'm on I'm on the fence a little bit. I still think they can, but they're really going to have to get some of these injured players back and get them in form. But yep. it is early in the year, so I'm not ruling Can Fremantle out. win the flag? Not this can year. Can Gold Coast win the flag? No. Can the Giants win the flag? All right, no. we're getting to the bottom of the barrel. Carlton? Adelaide, no. St Kilda. Flag, unfortunately not. Sorry to my loyal Saints following out there. Uh, we'll be if we can make the eight from here, it'll be a great performance. Yeah, yeah. So I won't go through the rest because uh, they the certainly can't. So Melbourne Dogs, yep. Port, Geelong, Richmond, Brisbane, West Coast. So you got seven teams who can win the flag. As as we stand, round seven, we've got seven. Obviously, you know, if uh, particular, well, it, it's the Swans. We we still don't know if we've got an awesome team in the Swans or that we've got young kids playing out of their skin or how they're going to handle the back half of the year. Could they jump up if if they uh, can get a bit of a roll on potentially, but it'd be a bit of a stretch in this season. Um, but they're one to watch. But seven. Yep. Yep, I would tend Happy to agree. I, um, I hold this dream that Freo can win it still. <laughs> well, look, uh, they, they had a chance to make a statement on the yeah, weekend. And uh, why, why, why don't we hold off on that? Why don't we get into our grades? Let's uh, rip through these. Uh, everyone's favourite segment, the university grades. Uh, Richmond versus the Dogs. Cast my mind back. It's an eternity ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, distinction for the Tigers. Didn't expect them to win. Came out. Uh, were down at half time, and then put the Dogs to the sword. Um, distinction for me. Dogs are to fail. That was their toughest game for the year. Richmond, Friday night footy, MCG. Uh, big fail. Would they have won if it was at Marvel? Uh, potentially. Um, I, look, I don't know how much the, the ground dimensions and the, and the weather affected it. Potentially maybe the crowd with a, a few dogs not playing in front of that kind of 60,000 or, or pushing 60,000 sort of crowd. Um, yeah, look, I'm with you on the Tigers' distinction. They're, they're back. I know... 
Uh, we spoke last week uh, about sinking the boots into the Tigers. With no Dusty, we looked to be halfway there, but uh, they, they proved us wrong. And, and look, they'll still be up there. I still think they could do a Hawthorne 2016 and push deep and just drop out in the finals, but never doubt a champion team. And I'm looking at uh, the Dogs at halftime. A lot of momentum. Bond has a shot that could have put them four goals up and he missed. So after that, it was a different Dogs. There's questions about their defence, which was tested for the first time and it failed. So a little bit to work on there for the Dogs. They get a fail. Collingwood versus the Suns. Same ground, MCG on the Saturday. Yeah, so I know on the podcast I tip the Pies, but when I actually submitted my tips, I tipped the Suns. I thought they were going to win come game day, and I was pretty happy with myself. Uh, Distinction for the Suns, as we went over, they've only won... What do we? What they they won three out of three, lost fourteen. I think was the record. Yeah, three out of their fourteen, and two of those were smashings of Melbourne. So they haven't won a whole lot there, except against the. Yeah, Knicks. so that was really impressive. Um, did you know the two tackle leaders in the comp both play for the Suns? Big Huey Greenwood would be uh, up there. Huey Greenwood and uh, Took Miller. Uh, and then yeah, needs more airtime too. He because he plays for the Suns gets no airtime, but he has been a great pickup for them. I think they got him early to late second round um and he look he he's captaincy material for them yeah no definitely and uh nick holman is equal first for most tackles inside 50 so they're doing a lot of things right the sun's completely under the radar which is uh look it's really good to see um although i don't think anyone cares uh, yeah, which is unfortunate because they played a they yeah I give them a distinction too they played a great brand and they made Collingwood look second rate yeah or made them look as they are at this point yeah no a hundred percent and it's a fail for Collingwood home game against the Suns you expect to win that nine times out of ten uh, you you don't wander down to the uh, coordinator for that one no well I can't well, I can't because I ultimately at the start of that game I thought. Uh, thought the Suns were no, good things, and uh, I don't know. Like, they're a bit irrelevant this year, Collingwood. Yeah, which is not something we expected to say. Look, I'm with you. I'm happy to fail them. A coordinator, I mean, they were knocking on the door, but uh, I think, yeah, given that the youth and the team will give them one, but they're on notice. Um, apologies to our Adelaide and Giants fans. Didn't catch a whole lot of this one except in the highlights. I'm not sure if you caught any of it, Seb, but uh, big Jesse Hogan just uh, announced his return with a nice bag and Adelaide looked to be shot. Yeah, no, it was great to see Bruce. Bruce Banner, the Hulk. It's great to see him uh, uh, back in back and playing footy and enjoying his footy. Uh, I caught bits and pieces throughout the afternoon and sit there and watch the whole game. Uh the Giants were just phenomenal. Um, I think they've been a bit like I said it was going to help Collingwood having like a forced rebuild. They have had, they've been forced to uncover some absolute jets uh, in terms of young talent coming through and getting more opportunity. Uh, so it's actually really, uh, really given them a chance to sort of unleash them. And you still got some talent in there. You got Kelly, Whitfield, Toby Green. He made a huge difference, Whitfield coming back yeah. from a bizarre injury for Lockie. Yeah, um, you got Steve Taranto. Like they're just, <laughs> they've got some, still got some good players, and they're look, they're, dare I say it, 
one of the most likely teams outside the eight to jump in. So, um, yeah, I didn't expect that. I'm giving them a high distinction, Tom. That was a huge win against Adelaide, who have been in pretty good form. Uh, Adelaide are off to the coordinator. Playing at home, you cannot get rolled by 67 points. That is unacceptable. Jeez, uh, I might, might tighten mine up. Look... I think Adelaide have hit some sort of wall. They're they're really, I mean, that result in round one against the Cats is just more bizarre by the week. I guess Adelaide have beaten what your boys and they've beaten the Suns at home. The form line doesn't isn't stacking up as the season goes on. So um, I'm disappointed in them. I'm going to fail them, but I'm not quite sending to the uh, coordinator. And uh, look, lo- love what the Giants did. I think. Uh, a distinction's in order, not not quite high. I mean, you, you might ask what more can they do, but yeah, I, I guess reassessing where Adelaide are at, um, you know, they went over there with a hugely impressive performance and um, yeah, to get a few of their players back. I mean, they're a different side with Shane Mumford in the lineup. He really, really straightens them up. So yeah, you could twist my arm for a HD, but a, a distinction feels right. If they me. had a kick straight and, in that first quarter, it could have been very messy. Or one goal eight. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, thanks for uh, clearing my distinction. I'm too excited about this next game. That's where my mind is. St Kilda versus Hawthorne. What are your thoughts on uh, the Saturday Arvo game? Yeah, well, I caught I caught most of the first half and then sort of gave it away because it was very much done and dusted. That was a real diehard Hawks or Saints fans watching the second half. Uh, it was... I'll give the Saints... See, I feel like when you win by... What did you win by? Is that 69 points? 69. When you win by that much, you should at least get a distinction. But, like, here we are again. The Saints have turned up at home at Marvel and beaten an ordinary side. So, if you went by pre-season expectations, it's a pass. If you go by based on their recent form, it's a distinction. Uh... Can I give them a credit? We'll take your pick. I mean, we, we keep swinging between the two week to week, so we're making it up as we go. Feel free for whatever rating you want to give us. Do we have a credit that sits in the middle? We we might have to consider bringing in the credit. I feel like there's a few that might I'll, get it. I'll give you a uh, distinction because no, I need to avoid the backlash from those Saints fans who <laughs> think I have no idea. Hawthorne, it's a fail because they really were non like Didn't score in the first quarter. Didn't look likely. Um a few sort of cheapies here and there and like that that the, that's that day twilight slot like you've got the chief on commentary i think hutto does it as well that's the a1 game to sit down and watch and i i agree i love watching the uh replay and having them commentate they, because they're that they is just a quality, they didn't turn up more so a bunch. it's a fail um, lose by much more, and it's uh, off to the coordinator, but fail for, for now. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Once the uh, the team sheets came through, uh, yeah, day before, as we know, um, you know, Wingard, O'Meara, Burgoyne. I did change my tip. Crop, I did change that, my tip uh, like said two me, minutes Wigan. before the bounce once I realised who was in and out. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, to go in with a side missing that kind of quality, I guess you, you I mean, it was white flag up before the bounce, so um, I'll give them a fail rather than sending them to the coordinator, but just, just straighten up their Hawks fans. Um, yeah, agree with you, Seb. Uh, insightful take that we're a distinction for that one. I guess 
you know, you, to keep a team scoreless in a quarter, I don't think we've seen that this year. So that's a unprecedented levels of excellence defensively. Um, it, Brad Hill back in form, Zach Jones back in form, basically everyone back in form because everyone could get a kick. It was played on our terms and it was great viewing. Uh, even, you know, our small forwards, Jack Higgins kick four, uh, you know, Big Maxi Kings just doing what he needs to do, allowing memory to come up. Geez, it was good to have Paddy Ryder back as well. We are a completely different side. I mean, you saw if you watch the game, Rowan Marshall get uh, really good matchups and get on the smalls. Uh, so we we just played smart. We played well. So distinction. Uh, yeah, I'm getting the wind up from Seb because I could keep going. It was a great performance. Yeah, uh, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide. You've fallen asleep. Now's the time to wake up. We got past the Saints game. Uh, high distinction for Brisbane. <laughs> Port was sitting, was sitting third on the ladder. They might still be there, uh, but they absolutely dismantled them. Uh, you know, eight goals to two at half time. Just kept going on with it, and sort of last last quarter was a bit of a draw. Um, that was really impressive. I know they're at home, but um, I think given their start to the year, they were a bit up and down. You know, just kicked a goal after the siren to beat Collingwood. Lost to Geelong, probably should have won. Lost to Sydney at home. You sort of wondered whether they were fully focused. Now they're fully focused. That was really impressive. Port, Yeah. I think they should go and see the coordinator. Yep. Oh, you've sent them straight through. Jeez, I don't think we've uh, had a, a top top three side see yep. the coordinator this year. Flat so that's track a bullies. That's the new standard. I wasn't sure if they were or not, given... Look, they lost to West Coast in Perth. That's generally a tough ask. This was their chance. They didn't turn up. No, coordinator for me. They, look, they'll come out and smash Adelaide this week, but what does that mean? Like, means nothing. Yeah, that's fair. We didn't learn anything about them. I, I, I'm failing them, just given priors. You've been um, too nice this week, Tom. I, uh, the, the I am being too nice. Maybe it's the the midweek air. But um, look, I mean, both teams were inaccurate. So I mean, you know, if one of them straightens up, it affects the game either way. I think, um, yeah. Look, it's it's no doubt it's a fail from the power. I mean, they just got nowhere near it at any stage. I mean. You could take a positive. Willem Drew had 32, probably his best game, and, and Connor Rosie had a, a high possession count too. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're expected to produce way better than that, so it's a fail for me. And I'm with you. The high distinction for Brizzy, I know it's on their home deck, but, uh, geez, they've, I mean, we said they've been played into form. Well, that was top four form, and they're just building nicely, doing a little bit of a Richmond, just a little early season slow start out of the blocks, but it doesn't matter because they'll be there when the whips are cracking. Uh, the next game is the one I find tricky, the Sydney-Geelong game. So uh, when it's this close, it obviously affects the scores, but look, it, it's going to sound bizarre, but I'm going to give the Swans a distinction and I'm going to fail the Cats. I uh, When you said it was tricky, happy, I was thinking, oh, this is easy. Um, Didn't expect the Swans to win, beat the Cats. Distinction. Cats should have won, didn't fail. Yeah, look, it is, it is that black and white. I mean, you're talking about, you know, if Papley snap misses and hits the post and Geelong win, I guess you'd, you'd pass. But, I mean, I could give Sydney just a pass for that. <laughs> look, uh, the Cats are sitting all right. I'm not uh, as worried as you think I might be. 
uh, with them because, I mean, they've, they've just banked wins. They're, they're smart that way. But, I mean, they absolutely dominated this game. So to not get the four points is a, is a failure. I mean, I could have almost sent them to the coordinator, to be honest, but I'm not that harsh. Um, yeah, and the Swans just... It's really encouraging for them to see their young kids in these close games. So this is another one after they uh, they beat the Dons in a close one where, you know, it, it's that, you know, Chad Warner and uh, Goulden, it, those young blokes just seeing these games where you've got to dig deep and you've got to get a performance and it's just going to have them way better off in the long run. So distinction for Sydney, fail for Geelong, yeah. If Jason Marks and kicks that goal, it's different ratings, but it didn't. Yep, so I'm happy with that. Uh, there was a game in Tassie. Not sure if you caught it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the, the uh, fortress. it's a good game of footy. Up and down. What's happening? Uh, we, um, I don't know if you're saving this for the rapid fire, but uh, Bailey Fritch, uh, I don't know if he's going to come up later, but... He had a day out with six, uh, career best, and he's also whacked our boy, Tom Powell, which is an on, and what's not on is him getting yeah, off. Well, that, so I know we're rating teams here, but that, that may well be in the bit of tribunally. May well be in the rapid fire, that. Uh, look, the the oh, Ds were... <laughs> we'll get to it later. How, how do you put this? It was like, it's like a Ferrari sitting in first gear. They were not doing all the things they should have. Um... You can give some credit to North, but like we, we had Cunnington have 35 and kick two goals. He can't do much more. He continues to be one of the more underrated players. Are you ready to come out and call him an A grader? Ben Cunnington. I, no, don't put me on that wagon. I've been with him since 2014, 2015 era. He he has been that good since then. So I'm 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 with you. I've been full Ben 10. You've I've gone to Ruse games and chanted Ben 10 and danced with you. Don't worry about that. Um, he is a jet. So for those that doubt him, just just watch his tapes. He's a contestant. Yeah, no, he he is. He was he was phenomenal. Uh, look. Like, do you give North a pass for playing really well for three quarters? No, you can't give us a distinction. I'm going to give you a distinction. (laughs) Nah, yeah, no, you are right. Nah, look, I'm getting your hopes up. It's a... Look, if there was a credit, I'd give you a credit. But there isn't. So I'll give you a pass. Uh, Yeah, again, a win was there for the taking. It would have been one of the great upsets... It's just that ability to play four quarters. But encouragingly, you played three. So um, you can take that. I mean, I'm considering failing Melbourne and they won, but that doesn't feel right. So I guess it's two passes. But, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those ones for the Ds. Just get the points and get out. It wasn't pretty, but you got the job done. Cosy Pickett played well. Just watch his highlights if you want to remember this game. Yeah, Yeah, two passes for me. I will end up landing there because it was was a lot better than I expected from from us. I thought it could have been a hiding. Uh, But then you start to believe as you start playing well. And and the, the thing is, if you look back on it, we didn't take some chances, but Melbourne were just not switched on and... Like Bailey Fritch was kicking him from everywhere. He, he impressed me, uh, but a lot of them were just he was in the. I guess he got to the spots, but he was under no pressure when he was kicking half these goals. No one was near him, so I, I digress. I, I could break our game down for no, hours. Look, I, and I, actually, I know that's not what people come here for. 
your talk no, has got me. Just, I'm going to give you boys that. a distinction. Uh, uh, that's nah, fine. I'm doing it. I'm uh, distinction. I don't think you've played that well this year. So for yeah, I'm, right. I've changed it. Well, distinction we got for the we got Collingwood that's this week. We are a red. I know that last quarter chance. Uh, it was a three twenty game at the MCG. Traditional rivals. Uh, In traditional jumpers, we won't go there. But get your act together, AFL. Um, yeah, I think. Um, I don't know if that's concerning for both coaches or not. I thought Rutten. I thought Rutten was, you know, good structure, good this, good that. Sort of want to keep the score down, uh, and I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think Teague had to open up the, the floodgates because Brendan Bolton was very much, the other team's not going to score. You know, we'll keep him to eight goals, but we'll only kick three. Um, so, it, look, it was good for Carlton. I said last week, I think the Bombers traditionally have an Anzac Day letdown. Uh, they scoffed at me, but I was right, so thank you. Uh, I'd give both teams a pass. Carlton got the job done. Many pundits had them playing finals. I didn't, but you had to win this if you were seriously thinking about it. Uh, the Bombers, they they certainly tried and, and worked hard. I think the final score is a bit misleading. Carlton were out by five goals and Bombers kicked a few late ones to get back into it. Um, but it was, it, it was a good game of footy to watch. Uh, I still can't understand Harry Mackay's kicking technique, Tom. You have to walk me through it. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, even at the very end there, you saw he had a shot uh, after the siren, add a little bit of mustard on, and it was a set shot after the siren. As we'd spoken about, it wasn't a win the game, but he promptly shanked it. So um, <laughs> the snapping directly in front, it is bizarre to see, but look, if he can kick four a week doing it, yeah, no, that's fair. He's um, was his second. He's one goal behind Tex, I think, for the Coleman. So, uh, you can't. He, he's kicked the same amount of goals as he did in twenty nineteen, and he won the club goal kicking that year. So, <laughs> Jeez, that's the definition of yeah. a soft year. But take it and run with it. Um, look, this was an old. Yeah, like I said, it was an old school shootout. It it, it felt like uh, one of those sort of eighties games that you get on. Uh, name a game just going back it, it they just genuinely didn't care about defending even those last few minutes i mean the bombers needed goals it was sort of in that you know five to four goal range they got two real quick and you thought geez if they're going at this rate they could get two i mean the blues pulled the strings when they needed to um I mean, the Bombers, they, they jumped out. I mean, they played some good footy as well. So, look, all round, I think footy is the winner, as uh, some have said, but uh, it's passes all round. I think the Blues just had to prove that they could perform on the G and beat a team they should beat. So, we, we know that from the Blues. I'll give them a pass, but I really want to see them beat teams that they shouldn't beat. That's what we actually want to see out of the Blues. Essendon, you just continue your development. Cox, Perkins, uh, Harrison Jones, um, you know, Darcy Parrish. Um, it, it, yeah, it's all about the kids there. Quality performance. Yeah, if you can tighten up in defence, that'll come. But um, I think now to just show that you had some firepower was impressive. Yep. So two passes for me. Over to Optus, where no one witnessed this WA No one attended. Clash. I certainly witnessed it, Tom. No, no, sorry, yes. And no one attended. This uh, was a shootout. This was a there. shootout until Freo, Freo. Sort of. I don't know. Did Freo go into lockdown at halftime? 
It it was bizarre. It was, I guess, maybe they caught whatever the Eagles got down uh, down at the Cattery, and just a different team yeah. turned up after half time. Like what, what you're talking two goal, nine goals to two, yeah, and that they second were all half. over it too. They were in front by a couple of goals, and West Coast kick a few. Like there was thirty one goals, nineteen. It was straight kicking from both sides. Um, I give the Eagles a pass because they played at home. And they've won now 11 derbies straight, so they didn't do anything spectacular. Uh, give the Freo a fail, because they actually have West Coast there for the kill, given McGovern's out, Shuey's out, Yo's out. Um, who's the other defender? They had another defender out. Um, Brass, was he playing out there? I didn't uh, catch that one. No, I think he was out there. Oh well, they had Oscar Allen playing in defence. Oh, he actually, started the down Eagles there at one stage. I got no. I told my. I told our West Coast correspondent. Yeah. I think about Wednesday. I said I think Oscar Allen's going to start back, and lo and behold, that's what happened. But he, uh, I don't know, didn't get reception on that one. Uh, look, it's a bit harsh. They won by. Freo had four wins coming into the game. West Coast had three, and they won by. Was it fifty nine points? That's a big win against a team that's they were sitting four and two. Like that's a big win, but it's at home, West Coast. You got a, there's a stigma, there's a stigma about West Coast at home, flat track bullies. Yeah, it, look, that that's fair. That I'm with you on the pass for the Eagles. I mean, yeah, they just beat teams at their home deck. I mean, it's not a worry for them. They just get the job done. They had to in this case. I mean, yeah, they did have a fair few out, but I said last week against the Cats that was no excuse for getting towed up. So this week, uh, I'm not giving them any kudos there uh, for getting it done there. They're a pass. Now this, I love, I'm with you on the Freo journey and I'm coming with you, but for me, Whoa. Freo are off to the coordinator this week. Harsh but fair. This is their. This was their chance to stamp themselves. How much in their recent? I mean, how much in their history of the Eagles bullied them? I think they've lost their last five now. This was the chance to get on the front foot, make a stand. We're a top eight team. We're going to beat you. I mean, the Eagles and Dockers are actually fighting for that eighth spot. This was their chance to make a statement. I guess Frio. We've seen this year are struggling to get the wins away. They're heading towards that flat track turf. Um, I guess they don't sink the boots in as much as the Eagles, but it was really a chance on their home deck. No excuses, you know, full strength lineup for them. Oh, well, Eagles Luke, hurting. Luke Ryan they was came out. out and got he done was by a ten big goals. Loss. Look, big loss, but I mean, Eagles had their heart of their defensive. No, I think I think it shows. Too, so, I, I it, mean, it shows that Freo don't have as many players in the shed. To bring in that—that uh, that was a big difference I saw. Even though West Coast had all those outs, they were still able to play the game on their terms. Whereas Luke Ryan missing was huge because you had Kennedy and Darling running right down there. Um, Look, well, yeah, all, all that's true, but I, I just—I guess it's the margin that gets me. I mean, I'm looking uh, here, yeah, at the, at the score, and look, halfway through the third, we had an even game, so. Basically, in a quarter and a half, they've absolutely collapsed against a hated rival, missed their shot at uh, saying we're a real finals contender. It, yeah, yep. they're off to the well, quarter. I'm glad you some explaining your spine for the last game. Uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad, to be yeah, against your boys. You can call them they my boys around, you want. But... I just love going look. for the underdog. And us Victorians, we hate Perth. Um, it was... 
the one thing that killed me watching it, aside from the fact, I think I mentioned this last week, as a West Coast supporter at work, and I kept singing the Frio theme song to him all week. Kept walking behind him going, Frio, heave, ho. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it was weird, because he didn't say anything to me on Monday. And I'm like, okay. Like, my team still hasn't won either. Like, you've got every angle, but... Um, they lost yeah, by so much and the percentage swing that they dropped out of the eight because I was watching it and West Coast were front by a goal, Freo were front by a goal, seesawing in the first half. And I thought, well, Freo are going to only go down by, even if they go down by four goals, they'll stay in the eight based on percentage. But they lost by so much and it was West Coast percentage go up and theirs going down. It was that much of a swing that they flipped spots. Yeah, so right now as it stands, you've got West Coast on 103.9, Frio 97.1. So that that's that's huge. The, the 10 goals has added at least, yeah, 2% points each way. And now you've got Frio needing to have a 10-goal plus. Yeah, it was like, but it was like a 20-goal win. So, it's 10 goals plus to you, but also 10 minus, yeah. minus 10 to them. And yeah. um, it just, if, if you don't think there are many changes in the eight, stuff like that is what, that keeps you out of finals. That those losses where you you just lose sight of it and, and roll over and get belted. That's what keeps you out of the finals. But we know enough about that. Tom, let's start uh, let's start getting through this because we've uh, we sat down for a nice short sharp one. I've got a bit of a head cold, a bit of a blocked nose, and voice isn't coming out so well. And here we are, an hour and a bit in. We've got some rapid fire questions. Let's. I know we we pre-show we're like let's get this as a sharp 45 minute but we've got so much to give to our listeners here but we'll keep this uh, rapid fire okay uh i'll go first i'm i'm keen it looks Our Adelaide it cooked. looks that way but they were as the volcano described at the start of the year they are the worst team in 30 years and we got that wrong but the worst adelaide team in 30 years you got that wrong but um Young players, it's going to happen. They're going to go up and down. Hope they should find a second win at some stage and, and feel good about themselves. But uh, they might be waiting a little while with Port this week in the showdown. Yeah, look, um, I agree with you. I don't think they're dropping down into bottom four calculations, but I think their top eight days are done. But they'll they'll sneak into that nine to thirteen range, and I think we'll we'll be happy with that. Yeah, if, uh, that that'll if be that's a positive end given the where they. Start the expectations at the start of the year. Uh, we already mentioned it, but Bailey Fritch's suspension overturned. Was it the right call? Uh, wrong call for me. Real chance for the AFL to make a statement. Uh, anything involving an elbow to a bloke's head, not on in our game, particularly if you're trying to bring concussions down. A week was probably fair, maybe even two. I wouldn't have been unhappy with, but a he's week off. down to yep. he's off scot free, not even a fine anymore. He's off clear, so um, yeah, that that that's a soft one. That's just not a good look for the game. Very lucky for Bailey. Very lucky for the D's. These are the kind of breaks you need when you're having a good year. Yeah, I um, agree. And I didn't I didn't follow the case, but I heard your old mate Richo Alan Richardson say uh, one of the defence, what part of their defence was going to be that. Petrarca pushed Tom Powell into the contest, thereby making him more, uh, causing the contact and making it worse. Um, I think it's really dumb because Powell was going low and we want players going low to protect their head 
because if they go high, they have a head clash. He's gone low and cops an elbow yeah. to the head. Now, there was no malice in any of it, um, but we, 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 if, you, if you bump and there's incidental contact to the head, you're responsible now. But if you stick your elbow up, like, start... Oh, he was a star. He kept playing. The game, like, um, is... He's an absolute jet. So okay, so they that, just need yeah, to start penalising the action. Yep. <laughs> and just it was a bad look if nothing else like it was an elbow to the head um and if if that was yeah. melbourne's defense that you know petrarca pushed him petrarca gets a fine if if we're going to start letting people push guys into contact that's dangerous why isn't why is that accepted yeah, the one that's just jumping out to my head. Remember a couple of years ago, Stephen May absolutely polaxed Stefan Martin. Well, he copped a real nudge into that one from uh, Gary Ablett Jr. Uh, that probably added to it. But, you know, he, he copped nothing out of that Ablett. But, yeah, I'm with you. That that could be something to uh, consider as, as a next... Uh, I mean, I, that'll change the game. If they certainly won't, and it's a bit of an extreme one. But if that made it so dangerous, why, is, why are we allowed to do it? Like... Hey, Richmond do it all the time. Jack Rewalt, all he tries to do is push players. That it's actually really dirty. They try and push them into marking contests, so their player gets sucked into the contest, and there's bodies flying everywhere, and they're there for the crumb or the out the back, and they're not going for the ball ever. So they should be free kicks every yeah. time. But um, AFL's darling. Anyway, rapid fire. Yeah, well, speaking of the AFL, Starling, so, yeah, we're talking Richmond here. I want to know how much weight you put on. We mentioned it before. The Bont had a shot half-time, could have put him four goals up, put a real momentum stopper on the Tigers. He missed. The Tigers got a sniff and absolutely ran away with it in that second half. Did that miss cost them? No. Uh, they, they should have been bet good enough to to put a stop to the momentum at some point in the third, fourth quarter there. I mean, we would have had them premiership favourites or top three and they just couldn't find a way to do it. it. It'll be one of those good losses for the Dogs when you look back on the season, you know. You learn a bit, you're playing yeah, Richmond in the benchmark, the reigning premiers. It wasn't all bad, like you had them beat for a half and you just couldn't work out how to stop them. So you're going to put something in place that when this happens, we're going to do this or... You know, um, I think it also showed they missed Dunkley a lot. They've got a lot of outside players, a lot of run, a lot of handballs nipping in and out, but they they didn't have anyone to go in and win the footy. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good observation, I reckon. Um, I, yeah, I mean, and I, I, I as well as that, I'm looking at their defence as well. So. You can't have a, a Zane Cordy down there playing on, on those big gorilla types in a Tom Lynch or a Jack Rewald. I mean, Keith gets under enough heat as it is, and he, he hasn't really been tested, but he was tested, and, yeah, he failed. And, uh, look, yeah, they're going to have to find something down back there because, yeah, Caleb Daniel likes to get off and get his kicks. He's not going to be fully accountable. So, yeah, when you're talking about bigs getting beaten and then maybe potentially contest down there, they're going to have to get a bit more defensively minded maybe they've played a few teams where they haven't had to worry about that and they're a bit rusty but yeah maybe they'll, that's yep. one of the other no, no, they'll, they'll take plenty out of it uh i'm gonna stick on the d's i love talking about the d's uh will the ben brown signing trade come back to haunt them salary cap wise given if you and i watched it closely tom uh 
Dad didn't like this, but I kept saying, someone's just got to hit him. Someone's just got to clean him up. Dad hated it, but I just wanted someone to stand up for the jumper. He kicked two goals. One, he was just running into the goal square and kicked it out of midair. And the other one was from a free kick, which dubious at best. Uh, so he effectively had no impact. Is that, like, is this going to come back to haunt them? I don't think he's great for their balance and they're paying him money, which now they're paying Petrarca money. We know Viney's on big money. Gorn, Salem signed a five-year deal. Uh, Oliver signed a big deal. Like, could could this be what happened to well, Collingwood, what happened to Melbourne in two years? Look, it has that potential. I'm going to get a nice, comfortable <laughs> seat here on the fence and say it was his first game. Let's just see how it pans out because we still don't know actually how he fits uh, and how it all works down there for the D. So Tomlinson out, you're talking about needing to replace him for the rest of the year. You know, Ben Brown, and this is a fair point, and you, you've brought it up numerous times, he is basically lead-up Mark, and that's it. Does he have any other tools or any other tricks? Reckon the D's forward line likes having those tricks. You sort of have Fritsch, who's unpredictable. Cozzy can wander up there. Petraka wanders up there. McDonald, he, he gives you something different every week. He, he can be a difficult matchup, and he can go down back. I, you know, and the big weed is on... He, he's just playing way too good a footy to be in the VFL, so... There's still a lot to play out here with the Ds. They've got to get them all back and get the mix right, and they've got to time it so that it does the best for them in the final. So, so it's look, a yes? It, yeah, I know the question was more salary cap. More, uh, Yeah, it has the potential to come back and bite them. I'm, but I'm unproven on whether it was worth the investment because, look, he, he, he might win them a yeah, final well, he, one day. Yeah, well, 1-1 for us against the Bombers. Yeah, I've got one for you, and we touched upon it earlier, and maybe you can just agree with what you said before, but is I had is Sam Walsh Carlton's best player? So you went it off early, uh, uh, but is he their best, best player? player? Yes. Most important player, yes. Um, yes, yes, yes to all of the above. Yeah, yeah. You, you said it beautifully before. I mean, yeah, the, the thing you like seeing from him, and this is uncommon from the Blues that we've seen, is just his ability to impact a contest, and then actually get to the next contest. They haven't had players doing that really probably since they were any good in the 90s. So great to see that for Carlton. It, yeah, future captain, probably future Brownlow medalist. I'm, yeah, we're bullish on him, and we've put uh, the 12 rows back seal yeah, we've, of approval um, on him. Yeah, he's a 12 rows back boy. We'll claim him now. Tough one to find. Uh, was it the <laughs> yeah, right decision to move this week's Fremantle-Brisbane game from Perth to Brisbane for financial reasons? Uh, well, yeah, I guess financial reasons, COVID reasons, spin it whichever way you like. But I think the AFL has whoever, I don't know if it's still uh, Travis all doing the fixture, but whoever did the fixturing, pat on the back for them because the two games involving Brisbane that they've had to move in Collingwood v Lions and then Lions versus Freo have had a return game later in the year. So it's kind of you can give and take. You're going to play each other at home and away this year. They get away with it this case. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when it's a team that only plays each other once, how that affects everything. At the moment, this seems reasonably fair to move it um, for safety reasons first. It's money. Then, um, it's you know, money. They lost a million dollars having no crowds yeah. when Freo played North, and they reckon West Coast lost two million having the Derby. Derby? 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 
two million playing that with no fans. So they couldn't afford to have another game without fans. A million bucks. No, sorry. We had to move it to Brisbane. Oh, well, there's the WA team throwing a bit of their weight around, I guess, on that one. Um, Fair enough, too. Look, I, look yeah. No, if you've got to move it, yeah, for money, for for safety, for COVID, whatever, it, it makes sense. But look, we're going to get to a stage where there won't be as fair an outcome in this one in that, yeah, they can play each other later in the year, just swap the games, it's fine. Um, let's wait and see. I've got one for you, Seb, um, and I'm not sure how widely you've read about our number one draft pick, uh, Jamara Ugal Hagen. So much conjecture about will he play? Why isn't he playing? When's he going to play? Now, I know he's the number one draft pick, but... Is this an overblown topic in our game at the moment? Like, oh, what's zero. your care factor for it? Zero going away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is not at a team like... It's not like North Melbourne had him and we're dying for a key forward and we're just not playing him. It's a completely different scenario. Um, does look a little bit distracted dating uh, young Favola. Uh, don't know if he has his eyes on the prize, but yeah, well, I don't know how much it matters. Some, you know, like when they're 18 and, and forwards, you know, yeah. they've got to build up their fitness base and do this and do that. And I think Bevo, he really relies on the defensive structure and he's probably not able to provide it. No, look, I'm fully with you there. I think it's it's completely overblown. I mean, yeah, you've had number one draft picks and they play when... I mean, we saw Jack Watts. He came in too early. Play them when they're right. The dogs obviously have a few hoops he's got to jump through before he gets a game. They don't want to make it look like he, he's just getting a game, you know, without merit. They're a bloody good side, so to get a game in there... It's so hard when Shaqy's not up to it, though. Um, I think that's that's prompted it yeah, more. Yeah, see, that didn't help. That was Shaqy's his chance to make also going as a backup yeah. ruckman. But and I mean... You don't want to put... Correct, so yeah. you don't put... Yeah, you're not putting your uh, prime yeah, you race in that kill. position, you know, on a... Bendigo on a Tuesday. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah, or just maybe, you know, you nice game at Marvel under the roof and, and you just ease him in. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's overblown. And look, it keeps coming up. I think there's a few in the media just to pot a few. Damien Barrett, he's one that just keeps bringing it up. So let's let's just give it a little yeah. spell. Yeah, uh, Sorry to clip oh, a fellow good, industry member. Good but, North uh, Melbourne, yeah, there, Damo. Just, uh, look, I know why it keeps getting brought up. I just don't have interest, and I think a lot of people are the same. Um, just imagine if he played for Collingwood and this was happening. Like, it'd be 10 times worse. Yeah, now, be, if, it would be 10 times worse. We might be in that situation next year, given... Oh, he'll be Dave playing, though. He will be playing. Yeah, You've mentioned playing, it many times. The eight typically doesn't change. You have many changes. What changes can you see, if any, to the eight from this point on? Can you see anyone jumping in? Is there any names there? There's only two I can see who have the potential to, and I think only one would. Look, you're going to call me out on my Saints oh, bias Tom, here, but we did Tom. straighten up on a little bit of percentage. We're coming from the deep. I'm not ruling us out, but to also throw another name in there, um, I'm liking the Giants' form. I, I think if they can really make a little bit of it, as we use uh, the term fortress uh, in Sydney and, and start winning some home games there, sneaking a few games away, they could threaten because they still have a lot of guns. I know we've spoken about them rebuilding on the run, but yeah, if they can get it all together and 
I mean, if Hogan can play to that reputation he built at Melbourne, rising star and whatnot, and keep kicking goals, and they actually get their midfielders on the park and get a few injured players back, they can threaten. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess off the top, you you look at the Swans just because of the kids with their spot in the eight, but I think they've proven they're starting to win even with the kids. Yeah, and what Eagles team we get week to week, um, I mean, I think their position's in question as well. Look, Frio really need to straighten up if they're going to make the eight for me. I, I, I think my jury's still out after what they did on the weekend. They've burnt me a dash, but um, on their day, they could threaten as well. So would, what change do you think will happen? Or <laughs> or you can say none. I, I don't uh, think there will be any. No, no, I'm, I'm saying none. Yeah, I was, just, I was just looking at it. I'm like, look, maybe... No, I can't. I can't see any. Potentially, maybe West Coast for the Giants. Yeah, but I, I can't see stretch, any. So I, Frio and GWS yeah, are the only sides I can in. see capable of it. Um, just so you know, I'm gonna have to. I have to do this to you since you threw the Saints up. You've won three. Your percentage is eighty. You're gonna need to win. I, I'm saying eleven no, of yeah, fifteen but, but to get I, to fourteen yeah. wins, and I think that'll get you in. But your next three, you've got the Suns at home, who I'd say the Suns will start favourite. Then you've got Geelong, then you've got the Dogs. So you may be looking at winning 11 of 12 on the back yeah, end so we... just to scrape in. Stranger things have happened, Tom, but... Uh... Look, if we're mathematical, which I don't like to hey, use at this point of the year, given it's North not mathematical. a mathematical one, but look, Compared I know... Compared our world. Yeah, we do... We yeah true, uh, look we do mention that yeah there's not too many changes but in saying that we usually do get at least one change like so we're not talking full changes but there is at least one team to come in and come out after round seven each year so one of these teams will drop out so I think we'll be shocked at who that is and we'll keep covering Sydney it every might be week the other here one. on twelve rows back just just young side if they. Start dropping off. Uh, you want to do a mailbag really quickly? Yeah, no, let, let's get to it. Uh, I've got it here. Just bear with me getting it out, uh, un- unwrapping a bit of mail, uh, which is always I, nice. Keep sending it I in. I think this is a question I've got to ask you, Instagram Tom. Account. Uh, from my, now this yeah. isn't his handle, but he's given himself at Benny Brown as a D lever. Uh, he's in the 13th row. Our, our good man, Mr. Mr. Shem. Uh, G'day, lads. Question. What's the easiest and which is the hardest position to play on the ground as an AFL player? Now, this comes after Brett Ratton made the masterstroke move on the weekend of putting Hunter Clark to the wing and Brad Hill to half back. Also, playing him back into some form. Also, think Zach Williams' move from half back at GWS to the midfield for Carlton and his current struggles uh, sort of come into play there. Would love your take. What, what do you think, Tom? Uh, I thought um, it was a great idea to get Brad Hill back down there early to get find some ball. That sort of helped yeah, well, him. Absolutely. And I, I think it was a... It's, Hunter Clark should never play off half-back again because he's too good a decision-maker and too good by foot to be not playing in our front half. Um, it, it's a great question, the easiest and the hardest position to play, I guess... Uh, you, you're sort of looking at our uh, football career, Seb, and we, we've played every position. Can you say that you've played in every position? Uh, I've never been an on-baller, to be perfectly frank. It's always too big for that. 
Never, never just visited oh, in for a few... Oh, yeah, well, that's fair. I've Look, waltzed I through, them. In for a few I've waltzed through have, the middle oh, before, but never... lost um, in there. But... Never spent significant time there. Uh... But look, you, you've coached. So what I'm trying to say is we, we know every position on the ground. We could make a, a fair call on this one. Uh, what, look, what do you think's in, easiest and hardest? Let's also address, like in the modern game, AFL. Like Centre-half forward is still incredibly difficult yep. to play because you have to move up the ground, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to support your team, you've got to get... You've got to be that get-out kick, and that get-out kick can often be needed on one wing and then 15 seconds later on the other wing. So you've got to, there's a lot of work rate involved now, which is harder for these bigger lads. Um, but you've also... You don't want to get sucked up too much, and it's just such a fine line. Often that centre-half forward can be the get-out kick from full-back now, and then... Depending on which side of the ground you're working, you then got to also work back to be the next get out kick, and um, I think it's really tough to be successful. You got to really know your sort of leading patterns, and you got to actually also really work well with your other forwards because the way they press up, it's not just a centre half forward and a full forward. It's really two key forwards, and you have to work together. Um, one will start deeper typically, but um, that often also gets mixed up given. You kick a goal, you go off for your rest and stuff like that, which is happening less now with the rotations down, but you are spending time on the bench and things like that. So for me, centre-half forward is still hands down the hardest. Yeah, look, I'm happy with that take as well. Um, to give, Given that you've taken that one, I'll go another position. I'm going to say the, uh, the small forward uh, is the hardest position to play in that your ball use and your ability to get the ball is actually relied upon uh, a different position. So you're trying to get the crumb, you're trying to get the position from your taller forwards, uh, meaning that basically all your chances to get the ball are really half chances, quarter chances. What you do with that is high pressure because you're not getting many goes at it. Um, you know, you don't want to be a small forward that gets in one of the big blokes' way and costs a goal or gets into the space and teams can zone around you, so you've got a bit of pressure on you positionally. And, yeah, like I said, I mean, you, your chances as well are, are quick kicks. So you've got to be up there with your reflexes. Often, maybe it might be in a difficult part of the ground, in a pocket, so you're having shots from poor places. You might only get 10 possessions tops in a game and they're expecting you to kick two, three to have a really good game. So... Really, really tricky one there for the uh, for the small forwards, and yeah, they're the first blokes that cop it if a team. Yeah, uh, and is also a lot of their influence well. and things they're rated on internally are pressure and tackling and and just getting to contest and and work rate, and that's not necessarily appreciated by the average Joe in the stands. Like, but he hasn't kicked any goals. He's had yeah, four tackles, correct. and then if you look at it, like Gary Rowan's probably a good example. He doesn't necessarily get a lot of the ball, can take a mark, can kick a goal, but he's in that Geelong side and Sydney previously. They just put pre- he just runs manically. He's quick and run down this player and then get to that one and then run over to guard this space. Um, it's just it, it's really a mental thing and a work rate thing, and that can be can be lost, I think, especially from the average fan. Um, Halfback's clearly the easiest position to play in the modern game. You don't really have to man up. Um, no, I definitely agree with it. Well, do you... I was going to say, you have halfback. Can we... I mean, uh, we're talking the old, you know, 18 magnets on a board positions. Because I guess you would say 
the loose defender is probably the easiest position to uh, play because you don't have an opponent. Are you? But I guess are you the half? No, back, I'm looking at the half back game? like that, Caleb Daniel. Um, who else? Who else has gone back? Like Dyson Heppel's gone back there for Essendon. Um, yeah, was, apparently Zebel's one of the best players in the league. He averages more kicks a game than anyone else. Um, oh, sorry, no, he's had more kicks than anyone else in the competition. Like, that's bizarre. He's not a good footballer. Um, we won't do another weekly rant on him. We've gone far too long. Uh, I was going to say, week three. A lot of players end up finishing their career down there. Um, you don't have to... Often they get found out for pace a little bit, but they can sort of control the game. You've got sort of an intercepting defender and you just wheel off and get the kick off him and, and then you try and distribute... Um, like Caleb Daniel's really good at it, but he couldn't defend a blade of grass. And he quite often gets found out when he does work back and work hard and gets like he's on someone, but if the player correctly with the ball correctly identifies, oh, that's Caleb Daniel against my average sized midfielder, all I have to do is put it to his side, to his advantage, and quite often they take the mark. So um it's that it's that loose so that it's that half back flanker who's loose designated with distributing the ball which is still a hard skill in itself but if you've got the skill it's a lot easier to play if that makes sense yeah no i fully get you on that one i mean yeah an example i could think of is you know the blues we've we've potted them for having two in you know doherty and sard both of them want to get off their opponent. Both of them want the ball in their hands. Both of them have disregarded opponents on numerous occasions. But yeah, that's also one of those positions. I mean, if you you're down there getting all these kicks, it looks more impressive than what it is. So again, yeah, we, it, it's a well thanked job as well because if you have thirty off a half back, you're in sort of Brownlow vote contention whether or not you've. Oh yeah, especially 30, with a kick out I mean. too, like. You want to get yourself going. I'll I'll take the kick out. It's yeah. all right, boys. Play on. Kick long. Feels good. It's what I used to do. That is a hundred percent what I used to do. Yeah. I enjoyed it, mate. I think I won my twenty thirteen BNF playing some sort of role like that. But uh, yeah, good good question there from uh, from the from the thirteenth. I think row. you've brought we, up we that BNF every single episode. Oh. Just making sure the the listeners out there are aware. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they know that you don't like Jack Zebel. It's just nice to remind people of facts. <laughs> That's all right. I've got plenty. I've got plenty of facts. Uh, we are just about out of time, Tom. We are just about out of time. Yeah, big show this one. Lot, lots to cover. And yeah, look, hang around for our uh, episode as well after you've enjoyed this great listen. Uh, we'll also preview the games coming up and give you uh, some of our best I'm just going to give you this week. little stat to go out on. I love this. It's taken Sam Walsh 46 matches to post his third game of at least 30 possessions and a goal. It took these players X number of matches. So Dusty Martin took him 52. Ponton Pally, 79. Dangerfield, 81. So, he's, he's not quite as good as this player. Game 20, 37, three goals. Game 29, 31 goal. Game 32, 38 possessions and four goals. Game 41, 32 possessions and one goal. Harley Bennell. So, it is a talent who just got lost through the system. 
Uh, or does it just mean these, it's the youngest person to do X, mean those stats mean absolutely nothing? You tell me. Make up your own decision. I like it. I think it proves maybe nine times out of ten that you, they're going to be a gun. I mean, it is a... If Harley Bennell didn't get those car injuries and he was at a club with him, so I, I back it in. It's a solid step that, that stands up. 